0: Welcome back to the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ben Burnett. Joining me, your other host, Louis Ezekiel. Louis, my friend, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing well. Busy night of hockey. Very exciting here on Thursday evening, hoping to get a little bit of a podcast bump going for some of my players.
0: When, when we're talking and you use the word hockey, are you leaning into it because you know we're recorded and you know I'm going to comment on it?
1: No, it's literally just the way that I talk. Every <laughs> Canadian I've ever spoken with says that that's how I pronounce things. Soccer, hockey, it's just so- uh, it's just
0: the way it is. That's okay. I'm over here saying I'm taking my car to the bar to have, you know, I'm driving real far. But nobody tuned in to think about the way that we talk, Lewis. They want to hear us talk about fantasy hockey. So let's jump right into the news and notes that are most important In the fantasy hockey universe this week, I am going to start with a very quick update for Jack Eichel's injury timeline on his uh, neck surgery recovery. Uh, not going to get into too much detail after we did the mega breakdown of the trade last week, but official word from Greg Wachinski today that Eichel will undergo surgery next week, spend three weeks in Denver, and then is hoping to be ready to go in three months, which would put him, you know, middle of February, so probably towards the uh, probably towards the return of, of the NHL from the Olympic break. Just thought it was worth keeping in mind, but again, we talked about that ad nauseum the other night. So, Lewis, I'm going to throw to you for our next story. Give us an injury update on a player near and dear to your heart.
1: Oh, boy. Yeah, I've got shares of this guy all over the place. No fun to have. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, we have some clarity on his situation. He is going to be gone for three weeks, give or take. He suffered a lower body injury during the loss to Columbus, adding injury to insult. Now, the coach said, three weeks, give or take. If you are a McKinnon owner, are you hoping for give
0: or take? Which is shorter when you use that phrase? Uh You're the English teacher. I would defer to my my good pal, the English teacher. I wouldn't want to answer that one myself. I, I appreciate
1: that you think I teach English. I, I'm a history <laughs> teacher here, so this is a little bit out of my area of expertise as well. So I guess we'll have to leave that up. Uh, t- you know, tweet at us, please, at Uh Anyway, the result that we have here is line one, power play one, JT Comfort. Now it's great to see a Michigan man getting that deployment, but this is, uh, you know, maybe a bit of a surprise. I think the cadre owners maybe are a little disappointed here, but, you know, this guy is not widely owned, getting great opportunity. I think this is someone you should be jumping on for a stream, keeping in mind, of course, that Colorado's schedule is nasty. Just a couple games uh, really, you know, it just has seemed like it's been an age since we've seen Colorado. They're playing their first game of the week here tonight, uh, and the schedule doesn't get much better down the line. So think, you know, obviously in a position where he could really cash in and be worth a couple games of a streamer in just one outing. Um, but make sure you're balancing your schedule appropriately.
0: I mean, I, I'm all for JT Comfort. I said it last, you know, no, no cadre rosterers are surprised if they listen to short shifts on Tuesday. That's all I'm going to say. Lewis, we are going to hop over to an almost outjury, but now a re injury. To Mike Smith, who has re-injured his leg and was sent back to Edmonton ahead of the Oilers' four-game road trip. I guess that was today. Uh, Miko Koskinen has been pretty much the workhorse since Smith went down. He has been excellent in his first eight starts, posted a 920 save percentage. His only really bad start was his last game against the Rangers. And then again tonight, he's got, f- I think, 15 saves on 18 so far, uh, heading deep into the third. The Oilers did start Stuart Skinner for the first time this season Tuesday against the Red Wings, and he was fine. They lost, but it was not his fault stopping 35 of 38 shots in a loss. The Oilers, you have to be hoping that they can rely on Skinner to spell Koskinen, who's really struggled with the workhorse workload in the past. And I'm just a little bit nervous looking at the trend lines here. You know, the last game against the rangers was bad and then again tonight the the oilers are turning into a fairly decent Uh, defensive team, you know, they're not hanging their goalies out to dry in the way that they used to in previous years. It would be nice to see Miko Koskinen hold on to that 920. Uh, I'm worried that it's going to come back down to earth, but for now, I think he got a hold.
1: Yeah, I think so too. You know, this is a team that has a very good chance to win every game that they play in. I do think you are letting Skinner off a little bit easy. I don't know if you saw, but he had just a blooper reel giveaway uh, to let Larkin deposit it into a wide open net uh trying to play the puck. So goalies, be careful when you're trying to play the puck. You have a lot of responsibility. Um, but yeah, otherwise I totally agree with you. I think that's a great point. And I know you are someone who is holding Koskinen and you're getting some nice uh some nice bonus um some nice bonus scoring out of him.
0: If he doesn't mess it up for me that's that's the issue i I am worried about just the trend line here it's not looking amazing but lewis why don't you tell us about a happier uh ending to a goalie injury story well it depends on which side of the uh, goalie story you're on here
1: because we had very high hopes for spencer knight but i am sure that the panthers are breathing a sigh of relief that uh is Uh, Coming out of injury, he brings his 6-0 record, 1.72 goals against average and .948 save percentage back into the Florida crease. Uh, This is all obviously pending the results of Thursday night's game. Uh, But he's relieving Knight, who really struggled to the tune of a 7.92 save percentage and 10 goals against over a pair of back-to-back games early this week. He did have two wins in the two previous games, so I'm not here to say that Knight is trash and that you should be jettisoning him if he's been useful to you up to this point. But Bob has really yet to struggle uh, aside from going out with injury. So the goalie hierarchy, you know, seems to have shaken itself out in sunrise for the time being, at least until Bob struggles, uh, which would be for the first time this season. He's looked pretty sharp uh, so far in this game against the Penguins. Uh, I know one of the goals he gave up was on a breakaway. You know, those things will happen.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's true. Uh definitely I'm I'd be nervous about Bob in a season long conversation. You know, I, I don't know if he's somebody who can do what he's been doing for the first eight games of this year uh over eighty two. But I definitely do want to kind of tease apart the the conversation about Spencer Knight, who I think you know, if you were holding him earlier in the year, it's because you were thinking of him as an extremely safe handcuff in Florida. If Bob ever does go down, the thought was Spencer Knight is going to take that net and run with it. And I think that the the nerve-wracking part about potentially dropping Knight in that scenario is that if you drop him, somebody else is probably going to jump right away on him. Hopefully, now that he's had a couple of blowout per- blow-up performances, either – you know, the, the Panthers realize that he needs to get some more work down in the AHL, which might be possible, or, you know, it kind of throws off your opponent. So in the future, if Knight does pick up a, a start or two in a row, you might be able to sort of sneak in and grab him a little bit lower profile than he was uh, to this point.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Some good uh, strategic opportunity here if you are paying close attention and, and working with uh, your lineup just the way that you need it to be. Um Unfortunately, uh, another common theme of our show here is spending time uh, discussing COVID situations. We've got a pretty rough one out in Canada's capital. Ben, will you tell us a little bit about it?
0: Yeah, so in Ottawa, we've got nine players now. Uh, Nikita Zaitsev, the most recent addition earlier this evening, and an assistant coach on the COVID protocol for the Senators. Those players include Matt Murray, Connor Brown, Alex Formington. And it's probably, you know, they're playing the Los Angeles Kings tonight, probably about as easy a matchup as there is out there. So if you're choosing between streaming options over the next few days, if Ottawa doesn't start to get some of its players back, you might be wanting to just pick up whoever is playing against the Ottawa Senators over the next few days. Uh, There are a few fantasy implications here. Line one, Zach Sanford is now a thing in Ottawa. He took Bathurst's spot even before the COVID protocol uh, issues hit. Ottawa. I presume they're trying to sort of give that second line a boost with this, but Sanford's been pretty okay so far. A goal and four shots in his first game on that spot. And Philip Gustafson has been kind of decent in the Ottawa net this year. A 9-11 across his first five starts. He has the start again tonight and looks to be putting up a fairly decent performance. Um, If you're desperate for games started, there are worse options, I would say.
1: I agree with you. I would say if you are in a position where you're going for wins, this may not be the ideal opportunity. Um, you know, they are they did put up a fair number of shots today uh tonight against the Kings with that game in its closing uh time here, but not a whole lot of real offense to show for it. Um so I don't know if you're going to be expecting much in the wins department, but uh yeah, if you need volume, I think that could certainly be a useful add.
0: Agreed. Yeah, that's a that's a good rate stat start.
1: Alright, one other area where we're seeing a little bit of trouble is in Dallas. Uh, after a 3-2 loss to Nashville, uh, it seems like Rick Bonus may be in a bit of trouble. Maybe just an overreaction to the frosty way he treated the media, but there was a players only meeting after the game. Uh, Bonus did not participate. He did speak with the media for nearly 30 seconds and was, uh, Confrontational, perhaps. Uh, he seems, you know, he said, you know, we're gonna, f- we know what we have to do and we need to fix it. But he also said, you know, I'm not in the room. Uh, it, it was, it was kind of a, a mess of a statement, uh, that made it seem as if he was really out of the loop. So, um, you know, there was a bright spot in that Rupe hints broke through with a couple goals in that game, but they weren't able to pull out the win. Uh, and you know, it may be the case, uh, that Bonus's time is, Mm, limited over in Dallas. Uh, if he ends up on the outs, it's possible that we could see a coaching change that might provide an offensive bump. I'm no coaching expert in terms of how it impacts the game, uh, you know, on a shift by shift basis. But most of what I'm hearing from the people who do know about those things and are very smart uh, is that you could see the offense unleashed a little bit under a new coach.
0: I mean, there's smoke. I don't know if there's fire, right? At this point, it seems like a bit more of an optic mess than anything to have Bones go out there and, and seem agitated in front of the cameras. But maybe, you know, maybe he's just having a rough day. He got a, he got a bad text when he got came off the, you know, we don't know yet. I, I just don't want to jump to any conclusions and assume that we're like, let's go grab all the all the Dallas Stars we can possibly find because maybe they're going to see a, a coaching change that could not happen.
1: Yeah, agitated. I like that description.
0: Sure. Lewis, we are going to take a quick break when we come back. You are going to hear about a couple of streaky players. You're listening to Short Shifts. Welcome back to Short Shifts. Lewis, why don't you take us to our first streaker of the evening? All right. Well, we need
1: to head over and talk about this bizarre situation on the blue line in Arizona, where you've got Shane Ghost to spare and Jacob Chikrin. Uh, Bear just totally overperforming and Chikrin underperforming and a lot of people are trying to figure out what do we do in this case. Uh, so Ghostus Bear has a 72% even strength, uh, points participation. This is 24% higher than his career best. That means when goals are being scored on the ice, he is getting in on them, uh, 24% more often than he has ever before um maybe this is a function of him being the best puck mover who's out there obviously you know he's been on teams that have had a little more offensive capability um but it certainly is you know uh, at least a full standard deviation above what we sort of have come to expect um He has a 10.5 even strength shooting percentage, which is tied for his career best from 2015-16. The team is shooting 10% when he's on the ice, which is a little high. And five of his six even strength assists have been secondary assists, which are a little less predictable uh, and could certainly fade. Meanwhile, he's also getting the fewest offensive zone starts of his career at just 50%. But we have to point out that he has really been on fire. He has been the defenseman, really the player to own in... Uh, Arizona. So it's been very interesting to sort of, uh, you know, see him emerge with this new opportunity that he's had in the desert. Uh, Chikrin, on the other hand, actually has a 100% even strength points participation, but that's because they have only scored one goal while he was on the ice and he managed a secondary assist on it. He has no goals on 30 shots. The team is shooting a hair under 1% when Chikrin is on the ice. So you have to imagine that there is serious regression coming for both of these players. Ghost regress- regressing in a negative direction, Chikrin regressing in a positive direction. You know, uh, in history class, we talk about international policy in terms of realism and idealism uh you know the realist would look at this and say i want the player who is getting all of the points uh, the idealist would say i believe in the numbers i'm looking under the hood i think that chicken is the clear option to rebound here would you prefer chick like if i am a gossip Bear owner should i be offering ghost in a trade for Chikrin and hoping that those numbers end up paying off
0: I mean, I think I would prefer Ghost Bear in a points-only league and Chikrin in a, uh, in a bangers category league at this point, which is, I think, shocking enough to have imagined myself saying a few weeks ago. But overall, I wouldn't be shocked at all if I just prefer Chikrin in a few weeks because the shot rates are still high. You have to imagine he's going to score a couple goals again, and that's not something that I really can feel good about with Ghost Bear. So I would prefer Chikrin. I don't know if I would try that trade offer just because I think you're kind of going to struggle to convince the person who invested draft capital in Chikrin that they should, tr- they should give all that up for a guy you got off the waiver wire who nobody believed in a few weeks ago. I, I think that there's still some, some market disbelief in Goss Despair. I-, I don't think people are ready to buy in, so I think it might be difficult to kind of cash that earning back in in a trade. Sure,
1: so I guess what I would say is if you can sell him, I think I might recommend doing so because the new numbers do suggest things are gonna slow down for him a little bit. um, but if you can't overcome uh those psychological hangups, the least you can do is kind of enjoy the ride while it lasts um, but be aware that it may come crashing to a to a conclusion here uh maybe sooner rather than later,
0: so do you think that ghost despair is like? like do you do you believe in him at all? Do you think he's like a worthwhile option rest of season? Are you just streaming him at this point? Kind of where do you land now
1: so i I mean I am holding him. I had the choice to drop him or Clayton Keller and I ditched Keller because I think that it seems to me that. Ghost is someone who the offense is moving through in Arizona. You know, like I said before, it seems like he is someone that they are trusting to handle the puck. And I like that side of it. You know, uh, obviously you're riding some unsustainable numbers, but you don't hear the Troy Terry people complaining. And, you know, I like having uh, a defenseman down on my, on my list here that, uh, can provide, you know, an assist every other game or put up some shots. So until things really slow down for him, I'm going
0: to, I'm holding. I don't think I'm going to be able to trade him in the cup full, but. I guess my question though Lewis, and I think you maybe got to it at the end there is i'm wondering what you think he can do rest of season like do you think he's a a sixty point defenseman or like you said, you know an assist every other game? do you think he's more of a forty point guy
1: uh maybe split the difference like forty five to fifty just because i don't i'm not a big believer in the offense uh, mm-hmm. and if his if his points participation is falling. And they, you know, are not scoring a ton of goals. I think that really does limit his upside. But, you know, uh, I I think that they're, you know, in a league like like ours, I think there is room for a 45-50 point defenseman.
0: Oh, definitely. I definitely agree with you there. And I think that's a good point that it's you're keeping your eye on it. At this point, you're you're holding on to him in deeper leagues, because it's unlikely you're going to find a top power play defenseman who shoots pretty well at this point, right? Like that was kind of the knock on cost Bear was that there was nothing going on in the back categories. So I definitely don't mind holding uh, GB at this point. All right, why don't you take us down to the Windy City uh, and tell us about another streak? All right. Well, we wanted to talk next about Kirby Doc, who so far in a line one, what I would call an audition in Chicago, playing between Patrick Kane and Alex Debrinkit. Getting mountains of minutes, played 25 in his last game, and has been 19 plus in six of his last eight. Has just one goal and one assist in his past 10 games, just six points in 14 games for Kirby. Don't call me Nintendo mascot, Doc. My thought process on Doc is that it's kind of a bummer if you held on to him through this week because this week is the bad schedule. You know, you kind of want to drop him on Monday so that you don't have to deal with his two games through this week. He has three next week. So you're starting to think, okay, well, do I really want to drop a guy playing line one with Kane and to a guy like Kirby doc who has this pedigree. And I have to say, I'm not quite ready to give up on doc just yet. I think that better days will come for him. And I think that we could be seeing, you know, a young player coming off some injuries. It could just take him a little while to get going. So I'm not saying I'm holding him in shallow leagues or even every deep league, but if you're in a league where you're kind of maybe you're cruising, you're, you're 4-0 and or 3-1 and and you have a little bit of time to see what he could become, I might be holding on to Kirby Doc for a few more games. Yeah,
1: I think he's the kind of guy who could definitely even out for you a little bit. You know, he's still shooting uh, reasonably well. He's playing between great players. He's getting monster minutes. If you have the ability to remain patient with him, I think that is would be to your benefit.
0: All right, Lewis, why don't you tell us about our last streaker of the evening? All right. Well, One guy who has been
1: getting some primo deploymento, as our buddy Cousin Dave from the NHL Scream Scheme would say, uh, is Jordan Eberle in Seattle, to the extent that you can't get prime deployment in Seattle, uh, but he's got seven goals in his last seven games, including a hat-trick against the Sabres on 21 shots. He obviously won't maintain this shooting pace. Uh, his overall shooting percentage for the season is a eh, more reasonable but still too high 20%, considering that his all-situation shooting percentage for his career you know, is a nice above 10%, but uh, obviously not not up close to 20%, so he's likely to regress. Uh, I have Everly shares in a couple spots. I don't think the goals are going to keep coming at that same rate. You can't play the Sabres every game, Um, but he's likely to see some improvement in assists, of which he has only one, Uh, and his teammates have been providing very little in terms of scoring on their own for him to assist on, so he's got decent points participation, but it's because he is scoring the goals when they are on the ice, and if it's not him scoring, it's really not anyone. We did see some looks uh, earlier on that showed him lining up with McCann. That's not how they're rolling out here on Thursday, but those lines have been in a blender pretty much all season. So maybe if those two get paired together a little bit and McCann will take some of those shots, maybe he can, you know, even if his shooting cools down, he can get on some assists when his line mates score. Um But, you know, this is a guy who's, you know, taking advantage of this new opportunity that he has. Uh, and available in a number of leagues. So uh, if he's hanging around, you might think about jumping on him. Uh, Yahoo shows him as rostered in 34% of leagues. Uh, and I think that is too low for a guy getting uh, as nice of deployment as he is on line one, power play one in Seattle.
0: I think that's a great point, Lewis. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in to another Short Shifts. And Lewis, thank you once again for joining me. Why don't you walk us out of here?
1: All right. Happy to do so. And and thank you for, for joining me for another show. As always, it has been a blast. Thank you, everyone out there for joining us. Please give us a follow on Twitter at KK, uh, Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson, Dave Betten of Stream Scheme at NHL Stream Scheme. They've also got a whole bunch of other handles that they're working with, uh, game day lines, game day goalies, game day news check all of these out they're really fun you can find everything that you may need at cookupful.com uh, to find where everyone's at on social media please visit the great sites where we research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools and natural stat trick our intro and outro music was created by pat roach and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short